Today on The Rundown, we talk to one of the pioneers in professional sports broadcasting, former NBC Sunday Night Football sideline reporter, Michelle Tafoya. She talks about her broadcasting journey, women in sports, and what led her into her new career. He's Midwest Speed 16U national coach, Mike Orth. I am as well. I'm Tori Holt. This is The Rundown. On the show, Mike, Tori Holt, Mike Orth. We have a very special guest with us this week on The Rundown, former NBC Sports reporter Michelle Tafoya. Worked her last game at a great Super Bowl between the Rams and the Bengals, but we're honored to have Michelle with us on the podcast. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to talk with Michelle about her career in broadcasting and how she managed to you know, juggle such a busy schedule and she, cause she's done so much. I mean, we know her obviously locally from her time at WCCO. She's been on KQ and obviously nationally people know her from her sideline reporting uh, with Saturday NBA. night live. When she yeah. appeared on there. She's just <laughs> done so much. And yeah. uh, I'm excited to talk to her about her time management, excited to talk to her about her perspective of, of, um, you know, being a high-profile female in in the sports world, and and how she faced that, and and what her attitude was towards uh, approaching her career. So, yeah, really excited to talk with Michelle, and grateful that she was able to give us some time. Michelle Tafoya is a strong voice, and she has been for a long time. She's changed careers now, and she just really felt led to do that. You know, that's really what we're trying to do to encourage our girls to have a voice, find their voice, be passionate about something, be able to stand up and take a stand and and be able to follow and chase their dreams and what they want to do in life rather than sit back and, and look for reasons why they can't do things. And that is our whole message as we go along. And Michelle has that same type of message for young women today. Michelle Tafoya, she's up next on The Rundown. Tori and Mike, along with Michelle Tafoya. Michelle, uh, pretty uh, pretty cool right now, uh, this time uh, in your life, as you've uh, stepped into the land of politics after a long career in, in broadcasting. What is, what's the change been like for you? Uh, oh, wow. It's been, first of all, thanks for having me, you guys. I, uh, I, I like what you're doing and um, it's a pleasure. I, it's so different, but in many ways I felt freed up to say what I want to say, to stand by what I believe in and be very public about it. And it's not that NBC ever told me not to be, but in this day and age when anything can be read into something and made negative, you know, people just twist words like crazy. Um, they just didn't want to bring controversy to Sunday night football. You know, it's the number one rated show in primetime for 11 straight years. You just want to kind of keep that going without any controversy. So I was just respectful of that and knew that as long as I was going to stay on those sidelines, I I needed to be sort of a neutral personality. And now to be able to really talk about what I believe in and, you know, honest to goodness, I could have stayed on doing sports for the rest of my career, but I got to a point several years ago where I thought, 
there's so much important stuff that needs to be done, work that needs to be done. And it, and we need people who are willing to go take the, the barbs and be courageous and step in there and say, I don't care if you try to cancel me. I don't care what you call me. I believe this fervently enough to fight for it. And so now that's where I am. And um, it's been a really interesting transition to say the least. A lot of young females in our program, we particularly coach a 16-year team. They're getting ready to move on to college. And, and obviously, unfortunately, the, the females don't get to play and make a living at the professional level. So eventually, it's, it's off to finding a career and getting, getting a job and going from there. What, it, what kind of words would you have for, for them or, or what do you think is important for them to remember as they go along here and trying to find their voice? Well, first of all, find their voice. Don't necessarily listen to what everyone else around you is saying and don't expect to necessarily find it immediately. I got to tell you, I, I bounced around between thoughts about what I was going to do with my life for many years before I committed to the broadcasting thing. And sometimes it takes that trial and error. Do I like this? Would I prefer that? Am I willing to do the hard work that this takes? You know, it's, uh, you can get a long way in life if you're willing to work your tail off. And there's nothing wrong with working hard. There's nothing, there's nobility in working hard. There's satisfaction in working hard. Um, So I, I would encourage these young women and I would say it to any young human person, male, female, whatever, you need to find something that you love that makes you want to work hard and, and work and be patient. Things will come along. Um, yeah. it, it's not, there's not an app for that. It's just hard work. You have to find the joy in the journey. Even Kobe Bryant told his, the late great, told his daughters, the joy is in the journey, not, you know, just arriving. It's, it's in the journey. It's in the work. So try to keep that in mind. If, if you're lucky enough to pursue a job that you find satisfying and meaningful, enjoy it and embrace it. You talk about your, your career and, and being able to put in the work. And, and I got to say, I was in, in broadcasting as a sideline reporter for many years, play by play, and, and worked my way up to regional Fox stuff and doing Mount West football. So trying, seeing someone like you, I'm very honored to first off have you on this podcast with us, but, but your career, you may go down as, is you know, next to Leslie Visser is one of the greatest sideline reporters that, that had ever come along and really a pioneer. I'm sure you put in a lot of, not only work, but a lot of work early on in your career for free and doing things like that. Do you yeah. feel this this day and age that that there's an impatience that people want what they want and they want it now? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you know, we get that through a lot of the technology that's available to us. It sort of yeah. trains us into thinking. You know, we can order dinner; it'll be here in 15 minutes. We can order a car service; it'll be here in four minutes. <laughs> yeah. Jobs don't work that way. Life doesn't work that way throughout, and particularly getting where you want to get. Um, uh, yes, a lot of hard work. Like I said, when I first got into sports casting and I knew I loved it so much, I would read every newspaper sports section, just cover to cover. 
and absorb and prepare and prepare. And yeah, I did some internships in college where I didn't get paid because the way what I was getting in return was probably more valuable than money. I was getting experience. I was getting resume builders. Yes, you do that stuff. I get frustrated when I hear about interns fighting for fair wage, wages. It's like, well, wait a minute, this is an internship where you're being given the privilege <laughs> of working for some company. And, you know, that is a privilege. So go take advantage of it and understand that the value you're getting may not buy you a new car, but it certainly may pay major dividends in the long run. Yeah. We, you know, Tori and I do a lot of training of these kids talking about their softball journey and being patient with that. You know, a lot of our players, everybody on our team is going to end up playing softball at the college level. And, and many of the kids may move on to, to play D1 if that's their goal. Um, but we, we often talk about the work that needs to be put into that. Um, and we certainly spend a lot of time working with these athletes on their skills for the game. Um, but we talk about enjoying you talk about the journey we talk about enjoying being present at the moment let's Mm -hmm. let's recognize that this summer that we're going to have is is probably going to be one of the most enjoyable summer softball experiences that you have and if you enjoy it and you work hard at it the opportunities will arise yeah and i think our our bigger goal is that those lessons as that we teach them as athletes hopefully carry on um when they're in their young adult years trying to determine you know, where it is and what direction that they want to go in life. Um, you know, in your career, there had to have been some opportunities that presented themselves to you because of your hard work and, and some people that gave you a shot. Um, how did you kind of navigate through that? And, and when those opportunities presented themselves to you, how did you decide to take them or leave them? You know, there's a lot of frustration in any career because you want, you believe that you're, you're good enough to be at a level higher than where you are. Like for you sure. believe, you know, I should be coaching for Arizona. Hey, I should be <laughs> right, exactly. Right. There you go. Yeah. You know, I should be president of the United States. It just doesn't work that way. I'd vote for it's, you. It, it, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. It, it, it requires steps and you know, be careful what you wish for. I probably got to network television way before I was ready. And I paid some price for that. I made some major mistakes on national television that were tough. Okay. Those made me stronger. First of all, you've got to persist. Failure is part of the deal. Failure is part of the deal. Let's keep it to athletics. You look at any great athlete, you look at Michael Jordan, you look at Tiger Woods, you look at Wayne Gretzky. Now, a lot of the, Kobe Bryant, a lot of these guys had talent for, for days, right? Mm-hmm. But they get nowhere without the work. And every single one of them will tell you that. We see Tiger at the Masters. We see Kobe in the NBA Finals. What we don't see is every hour they spent in the gym, on the putting, you know, uh, practice putting, uh, all those things that needed to be done day after day after day. And it's, it, it requires patience, but that's the beauty of the journey that day one, you're starting where you're, where you are day five, you realize, Whoa, I'm, I'm swimming the bat a little bit better. I just, wow, that's cool. And once you start to sense that success that comes with practice, you want to practice more. 
because then you realize, oh, I could have even more success. I think one of the greatest um, television productions I've seen is The Last Dance. And you talk about Michael. I was just thinking about The Last Dance yeah. and him in the gym. Yeah, you talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You talk about that's exactly what I was thinking of, Tori. Michael Jordan, you know, the, the probably the greatest basketball player to play. And he worked harder than anybody else. And he wasn't afraid yep. to do yep. the work. And he even he even said that, you know, I didn't do a thing. You know, I did everything I had to do. Nobody else worked harder than me. I did it all. And um, right. it's just right. tremendous. And you, and you think of Tiger Woods, right? Coming back and playing in the Masters this year. I mean, not oh. even a year out from his horrible Incredible. cars. And think about the time, the hours that he had to put in not even on his golf game, yeah. just to get back to walking, let yeah. alone going and, and competing at the masters and um, uh, unbelievable lessons that the youth in our country and even the adults in our country, to be honest with you, can take note of because nothing's given to you. Um, tomorrow isn't given to you. And you have to you have to work for what you want. You have to be present and enjoy what you have. It's true, though, right? It's it's it. They. they had work ethic that was unparalleled. And one of my favorite quotes, and I probably won't get it verbatim, but Kobe Bryant said, you, you can have all the talent in the world. You got to practice like you have none. And it's, and, and that's, that's what it is. And that guy spent untold hmm. hours yeah. in the gym, shooting every possible shot he could take. It's the, so if you find joy in that, you're going to succeed. If it seems like drudgery to you, well, maybe you want to look for something else to do that you find joy in. That means I, I can't wait to get on the basketball court. I can't wait to get on the putting green. I can't wait to sit down and practice accounting. I don't care what it is, you know? And, and so anyway, I, I just think that work ethic, you cannot stress it enough. You obviously got to a point in your career to where the level of the people that you mentioned the, t the Tiger Woods, Michael Jordans, Kobe Bryant's, uh, Michelle, you got there as a sideline reporter to that level, whether they, you acknowledge that or not. Yeah. I know that from a, as a sports fan and, and as a broadcaster in my life, watching you as you went along, yeah. obviously times have changed. Yeah. You're a female going into this business in, in the nineties. And, and that was mm -hmm. probably, a, well, I know it was a different time, uh, as a female, traditionally females get paid less. Um, probably back then it was a little bit harder on you. How did you navigate all that as you as you went along? And when you hit those roadblocks, what were some of the things that you did instead of living in being having that mentality that some like to take in this day and age? How did you fight through that and 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 be able to get to where you got to? I told myself going in, I'm not a female entering a man's world. I'm not a woman entering a man's world. I am a journalist entering a world of professionals. I'm going to compete to be the best journalist I can. Now, I'm the first to acknowledge there are differences between men and women that men probably were paid more. I didn't ask. I just got whatever I could get uh, and knew what I was signing up for. Eyes wide open. I wasn't complaining because I genuinely believed that if I worked as hard as I knew I was capable of working, that there was no limit. There was no limit to what I could do if I worked hard. 
And I found that to be true. Now, does that mean it was just this beautiful downhill ski run to the to the heights? No, it was an uphill climb. I worked every single day, every day, but I loved it. So, you know, and I knew there's a John Wooden phrase, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And I took that to heart. If I didn't prepare and I didn't walk into a press conference or a broadcast prepared, uh, the chance of failure was very high. So I prepared like crazy. And that's what quarterbacks do. Peyton Manning was you know, unparalleled in his preparation, Tom Brady. Go ahead. I was going to ask you about Peyton. You covered him in the, in the 98 orange bowl, I think was against Nebraska. Uh, It could have been, I, I can't even remember that. And then remembers everything about sports. It's insane. You and Al should get together. You and Al Michaels. (laughs) And then, yeah. and then a long career, obviously, with the Colts and, and, and finishing up in Denver. So you, you obviously did you develop kind of a relationship? Because it, it did it did look as though it did look as though you guys uh, had a good rapport yeah. on camera. There's no way that you can be in a business as long as I was and not get to know certain people because you have meetings with them. You do interviews with them. Um, there's just a lot of time spent together. I, I loved working with Peyton because he's funny. And, he, you know, mm. as seriously as he takes football, he doesn't take himself as seriously. So he's just fun to hang out with um, and, and to be around in meetings. Brett Favre was another great one. And I was blown away, you guys, when the press release went out that I was retiring from Sunday Night Football, both Brett and Peyton gave quotes for that press release about me. I I was absolutely shocked and floored and surprised. I didn't know that was happening. And it was such an honor. Um, But yes, it's, look, people are people, right? At the end of the day, we're all people. Uh, We all want to have fun. We all want to be happy. We all want to get along. I really really believe that deep down. And so, yeah, I I had a great time working with Peyton. I saw him most recently at, at uh, John Madden's funeral, unfortunately. Um, but it was great to see him there. And I, I consider Peyton a friend. I'm, you know, you've done so much in your career. Um, your radio show, uh, obviously your broadcasting career, having a family. Time management is something I think that we see with our kids as as can be, it can be a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Managing their schoolwork, managing their very busy softball schedule that we, we put them through right, right or wrong. I think we, <laughs> we, we do, we try to do a good job of keeping a balance for what we're interjecting um, from a softball standpoint and giving them some time off when it, when we, when we can. Um, but I got to imagine that time management was a, a big part of how you worked hard, right? Yeah. Worked smart. And to to juggle everything that, I mean, you look through your your resume and your history. It's like you you literally you said you worked every day. I mean, it's almost like you had to work eight days out of the week. Um, <laughs> it sometimes felt like that. Yeah, yeah. So, what did you do? What did you have some strategies? Like, how did how did you do that? You know, 
know what? Early on in my career, I, I didn't really have good strategies. I probably didn't take as good care of myself as I should have. Um, right. I tried, but you know, now you I, sound like I, a Hall of Fame quarterback talking about his career. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. I, I was so uh, focused on my job that the social life and everything was sort of put on hold. Right. So I mm-hmm. didn't meet my husband until I was. I didn't get engaged to be married until I was thirty-five, which is pretty late in life when you look at things. I was only but, 40, Michelle. Oh, were you? Okay. So we have something in common. Um, you know, it, it, but that's part of, you got to talk to yourself about what your values are. And a long time ago, I made this list and my top, top, top value was to be happy. And I said, okay, what does that mean? What is that made up of? And I said, well, I definitely want a family and I want a career that I love. And I want to be healthy. I think if I can have those three things, I will be happy. Okay, well, how do I build a family? And how do I get the career that I love? And how do I stay healthy? And then there were objectives to each of those things. So you have to decide what you value. And I don't think being happy is a selfish value. In fact, I think when you're happy, everyone around you is happier. You you influence, you, you send happiness and good sort of vibes through the world and that pays off. There's a ripple effect to that. So it kids have to take care of themselves. They've got to understand that's not selfish, that it makes them better to do everything else in their lives. They've got to determine what they value. Is it good grades? Is it the sport above all else else? I I am thinking that kids do value their families, but not in the way that they will later on in their lives. They they kind of the family sort of, they take it for granted. It's there. It's going to be there. They've got that support. Uh, But I I remember just narrowing it down to what are my, what do I want? What do I want when I'm dying? I want to die happy. So how do I get there? And I think it's important to teach people that each of those goals, you don't just deserve to be happy. You got to find your way there. You got to do it on your own. And so how are you going to get there and write down your goals? You know, I I think I made that same decision. I remember being in Dallas and working for the stars and doing the radio show. And I I didn't really enjoy that job. And I I felt this call to be back in Minnesota. And I just I I remember meeting with the team chaplain down there for lunch one day. And he said, what what can I do to help you? And I said, I just want to be happy. And and he was because I was thinking about all these these things I had in my life. They were all material things. And I had a good job. And 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 he just asked what what we were kind of going through all that stuff. And and it's not things that make you happy. And and that's all I ever really wanted. And, And when I figured that out, I started doing things that I was called to do. And I I feel like you felt like you were called now into this next phase of your career and and that's jumping into the game with Kendall Qualls here as he's running for governor yeah of Minnesota and, and you felt called to do this what does that look like now for you I just remember waking up every day and thinking and I honestly having a palpable sensation in my in my gut in my heart in my chest like palpable like this genuinely physical feel of get yourself up and go do something that's going to matter. There are Mm -hmm. so many problems in the world. Now I can't solve all of 
them. I can't solve the war in Ukraine. I wish I could. I can't. I can't bring about world peace. But what can I do? What am I willing to put my name on, my integrity toward, my efforts toward? When Kendall Qualls got in the race, I had been asked, guys, to endorse other people, to meet with other candidates. And I did. And I met with them. I didn't endorse anyone because I wasn't sold. And I heard this rumbling that Kendall might get in. And I knew Kendall from when he ran for Congress a couple of years back. And I thought, if Kendall gets in, I'm on board. Kendall gets in. Day after the Super Bowl, we announced that I'm his, the co-chair of his campaign. Kendall has made it very easy for me to have an impact. I do appearances with him. I do a lot of social media for him. I'll call donors for him. I'll go to the convention and probably introduce him at the nominating convention in Rochester. It's important to me because I value authentic leadership, real leadership, someone with the guts to do unpopular things that are smart and to do popular things that other people won't say out loud are popular, you know, because Mm -hmm. they're afraid. He's got guts. He's got experience. He's a vet. He's an army vet. He's worked in the private sector and fortune 100 companies, um, uh, Johnson and Johnson, um, Medtronic. He's got an amazing family. He and I have each adopted a child. We have that in common as well. We don't agree on every single issue, but I know that Kendall will be the right governor for the state of Minnesota and will make things better. And so, yeah, I'm just doing whatever I can, balancing it with, as you talked about before, the fact that I've got a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, both of who are just, you know, neck deep in sports and school. And, yeah. and, we, and we just got a puppy. So I'm trying to do <laughs> all these things at once. But uh, it is important. It's important. And it was, an, it, I worked my way to a position in my life where I could say to my husband, I want to do this. Can we, can we do this? And we agreed that this was important enough to say goodbye to the sidelines. You see yourself getting into something with like Fox news. Well, I've certainly had some opportunities there that I've loved. And I hope I continue to to go do Gutfeld or outnumbered or whatever show they want me to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's certainly, I, I, I will be honest. I've got a podcast that's about to launch here in the next couple of three months. And I'm excited about that. It's it's going to be little bite-sized commentaries, interviews, things like that on a major sure. platform. And I'm excited about that. So there, it's just, I want to remind people that they have more power inside them than they realize. That they are not to be controlled by anyone else's opinions, but their own. That courage is in short supply and we need it more than ever before. And so while it's scary to put yourself out there on a limb and put your name to a post that you believe in, you got to do it without apology. If you back down and apologize, that's where you get into trouble. Not by doing it, but by Mm -hmm. doing it and then going, oh, I shouldn't, I'm sorry, I offended someone. Look, (laughs) if someone wants to- You're going to offend somebody. Always, always. And you know why? Because people will look to be offended. They, mm-hmm. it's For some people, it's gratifying. Oh, I'm so offended. Look, I could sit here and watch 10 minutes of television 
and find things that people can be offended by. It's really easy to do. That's a, that's a, but if that's the way you want to live, God, I feel sorry for you. So be, be brave enough to stand up to that and not apologize. I can watch 10 minutes of television and, and find things that I'm offended by just by some of the commercials that I see running on TV today. You know what I do? I just change the channel. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty simple. I don't cry about it. Right. Change the channel, move on and take a stand. Yeah. Right. And and, and by the way, and, and you know what, if you want to run that ad, more power to you. I'm not going to buy your product because I'm really turned off by your ad. Right. Right. That's our march. I'm not going to protest. I'm just, like you said, I'm going to change the channel. Yeah, exactly. Capitalism. We have the ability to decide what we want to buy. Right. Um, There was a quote that I saw probably 10 years ago, and its attribution has been debated uh, over time. But I I think it doesn't matter who says the quote. It's the words in the quote that I think are meaningful. Um, And I think it applies to your decision to to step out of the broadcasting arena and take a stand on some things. And um, it's a quote that inspired me to get into coaching. I mean, at a much, you know, obviously a much smaller level, right? Um, But here's the quote, and I'll kind of explain what it meant to me. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Mm -hmm. And for me, that meant getting involved in youth sports. Um, I knew where my heart is. I knew my ability to influence kids and teach them. And I, I said to myself, if I don't do that, somebody else will. (laughs) And what are, and what are their motivations? Right. And I hope that the listeners can identify something out of that quote for themselves, something that they're passionate about, something that they can contribute beyond themselves and step up and do it. Because if, if you're not, you're leaving a void yes, and that void will be filled with evil. And, and I, I fear that we've had way too much of that happening in our country, in our state, um, for a long time. Yeah. And people with poor motivations have gained too much control. And now, and now we're trying to undo a pretty big knot. No question. No question. But don't lose faith. Because, and you just said something before you gave me the quote, you said, I'm doing coaching on a smaller level. Nothing small about what you're doing, man. I think what you're doing is a huge difference maker. I've watched kids be coached. I've watched them be coached. I, I know how important that is to every human being and, and how kids look back. My father-in-law, my late father-in-law was a coach uh, at the University of Minnesota. He was a defensive coordinator and linebackers coach for the U. And when he passed, <laughs> these former players came to the, the memorial and told stories that I, I'm getting teary just thinking mm-hmm. about it. The influence that one man can have on the life of another, especially young people who you're right, they need positive influence. And it's it breaks my heart and angers me to no end when bad people get into children's lives. So what you're doing is among the most noble, important things, both of you, that anyone can do. So there's nothing small about that. I, I, I just refuse to accept that, that adjective of small. But you're right. We, 
we have allowed some goons into the mix here. I, I, I love that word goon because it just means bad people. And yeah, you say and, goon and everybody knows what you're talking and about. They know what you're saying, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's fixable. It's always been it fixable. fixable. It always will be fixable because I, I firmly believe there's more good in the world than there is bad. There Do you is. guys know who Dennis Prager is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a radio guy started yeah. in LA. He's got a big now Prager university. And I talked to him once and I said, you know, sometimes I feel guilty when I'm happy, when I'm having a great day and I'm happy and I'm surrounded by people I love and it's a beautiful day. I stop and I think, oh gosh, what about that 14 year old in Mariupol who just lost his parents? What about a kid in Brooklyn who can't find anything to eat? And I, I feel guilty being happy because I know there's bad in the world. And he said, I'm exactly the same way. And I'll give you two words to live by. Do good. Do good. Notice there's a difference between do good and do well. You want to do well in your sport, in your school. and Doing good means when you go to the grocery store, smile and look the checkout person in the eyes. Know that what they're doing that day, they might have a father with cancer at home or a child who's struggling or a husband who's an addict or a partner who is suffering in some way. Smile, look them in the eye, say thank you. Do good at every turn because the good that you do in one small moment can have a ripple effect that then brings more good and more good and more good. And that's all you can do at the end of the day is do right and do good and be brave. And if you can do those things, then you can make make a difference. But I also do encourage people, look, understand that your vote matters and that you should be informed about what people who are running for office, what they stand for, what they have in mind. Are they really there to help you? Have they helped you in the past? Is it time for a change? What's going on? Pay attention to that too. Well, absolutely. And I I think that that's kind of where you know, where I was in the broadcasting, it felt like it was more for me. And, and, and I really followed what the good Lord was putting on my heart to get into coaching. And I think it's the one when I'm meeting with my pastor over at Grace Church, I just, I really felt like, like, try a firm. I could, cause I had a, I had a trying to figure out why did it end up girls? Why did it end up? <laughs> Why did it? Yeah. Why did it end up fast pitch? And I knew the game of baseball pretty well. And I, and I love the game of ball, but I was in football and I loved football. I loved broadcasting and I, I really loved the connections I made in, in division one college football. And that's kind of where I wanted to be. But then I met my family and or my wife and then had a family. And, and then, and, and now all of a sudden it really, I was led into it. And why mm-hmm. is it? And, and I think that, that you, these young girls, they need strong leadership. Yes. I think that's why it is. And that's why we do these podcasts to give them a voice and give the sport a voice. And, and I want them to hear what you have to say that that you're someone who has come from building themselves a career. You, you started a a while ago and, 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 and (laughs) (laughs) well, I just, I remember watching you with Rosen and and the Viking show with Kadri Ismail and that had to have been in 92. 
or 93? 93 and 94. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It, it's it's amazing though from where you you came from and it never th- these things are possible for our girls the girls that we're coaching today some of them are going to go on and have great college careers at the division one level or the division three level but then they're going to have to find a job and i don't want to ever have them feel like that they can't do what they want to do they can be or do whatever that they want to do if they put their mind and their, their heart and their work and their, their effort into that. And that's what I want to encourage them to do. Women, young ladies, I want to, I'm going to direct this right to them. You are not oppressed. You are not victims. I don't care who tells you that. I, in fact, think that the people who do tell you that are trying to make you into some sort of a sheep some sort of a lamb, some sort of a follower instead of a leader, because that way they can have more influence over you. And I know that sounds conspiratorial, but I, I look, I've been witnessing this enough to question, why would you want to tell people that they're victims, that they're oppressed, mm-hmm. that they're smaller, that they're lesser than? Tell them that they're strong, that they have courage that they don't even know is there, that they have strength that they don't yeah. even know they have yet. Tell them that and to blossom those things and to find them. There's nothing more exhilarating than finding your strength and your courage and your abilities. It's to live in this, oh, I'm just not safe. But yeah, you are. I, you know, I, I wish more high schools taught um, self-defense, taught even boys, here's what you do when you're in a parking garage and you're alone and you see a couple people come. Here's your best bet. Here's what to do. Don't make them afraid because chances are it's not going to happen. But when it does, get them prepared. Sure. Failing to pre- prepare is preparing to fail. I'll say it right. to the day I die. So yeah. these girls, they they can do whatever they want. I, that doesn't mean like, I no. am I going to go be the next Tiger Woods? No, I'm not. Okay, so let's be realistic about what it is you want. Are you going to go succeed the queen in England? No, you're not. But the things that are realistic that you want to do, you can do those things. And don't talk about fairness and, oh, life is so unfair, because I'll, I'll tell you this right now and, and tell your girls this. Life is unfair. There will be unfair moments in life. I've lived through a million of them. Life is unfair, because if it were fair, well, we'd all be able to sing like Ariana Grande and we'd all be have a ton of money. We'd all and we'd all be beautiful. And, yeah. you know, yeah. And you, you both would, utopia. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not and reality. That does not exist. Right. So we take the gifts we have been given and we maximize those. And by the way, just watch a little Johnny Depp trial to know that having everything and money in your own island doesn't make for a happy wow. life. You know what I mean? No, so, not not even close. Not even close. The material stuff is not what matters. And I know it looks glamorous and it looks fun and oh my gosh, but no, no. The beauty is 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 in your heart, it's in your soul, it's in your courage, it's in your willingness to be good to other people and have bravery at every turn. Find let it. Let me ask let me ask you this. You've been around so many great athletes, Michael Jordan, Joe Montana, uh Peyton Manning. And Tom Brady, what Brett Favre, 
I could go on. Yeah, we could go on and on and on. <laughs> but the point the point is 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 they're the greatest at their craft, and you were right in the mix. What is something that you learned from them that you can sit on for the rest of your life? They don't stop working. They don't settle. They don't reach a point and say, I've arrived. They keep wanting that feeling again and again. They're willing to take risks. They're willing to fail in order to succeed. They're, they're, they're courageous. And, and you know what? Here's one thing that be easy to work with, be fun to be around, be a good human. That, that will make that. people. Uh, well, they, they, they are all that. And, and that would that makes people want to be around them. That makes people want to be better for them and with them and be a good teammate. And just it, it's 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 so, it makes life so much more fun. So much what more. Is, what Belichick like? Belichick? Yeah. You know, look, I think what you see on television when you see him at a press conference is pretty much what he's like. But I've also <laughs> been in closed meetings with Belichick. I mean, millions of them, I exaggerate, but hundreds of meetings yeah. with Bill. And where it was just Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, uh, Bill, and then our producer and director. And we'd have these meetings and talk about the team. And, you know, look, there's a side of Bill that a lot of people don't see. Um, and and when I work with these guys at halftime, I'm the last person they want to be talking to at halftime, right? I mean, yeah. they, they got, got they got bigger fish to fry. They got more stuff yeah. that they want to do. Yeah. And I realized that that's what makes part of that job so hard. You're walking up to a guy and you're going, I know uh, you don't want to talk to me, but please, here's, here's my question. So I think, you know, look, I think Bill, the proof is in the pudding, what he's been able to do. And he's just, he's just been so focused and so in love with football his whole life that it's made him see the game in a way that most people don't see it. Yeah. I, I can imagine, you know, you talk about finding your voice, Bill Belichick's like, it just, he's just the gruff guy who just <laughs> dives into football and that's his voice and he's running with it. Right. I mean, but that's his life. That's what, yeah. he look, you know, um, Oh gosh, I've been so lucky to be around so many amazing people. I think about Connelisa Rice a lot because when I see her speak, and she and I have been doing this event with young mm -hmm. women um, for the last six or seven years, and when she gets up and speaks, you can't help but be inspired by her, her courage, her just her her her, her wisdom. Um, every day in life, you grow. And so you should wake up in the morning going, what's going to happen today that I'm going to grow and become a better person? And I would encourage some of your, your players to just Google some Condoleezza Rice speeches. It, she's amazing. She's just amazing. And, and courage and fortitude and all of those great, important tools she has cultivated through a really amazing life. So, um, and, and she, and she will tell you to be courageous and to, to cut people some slack now yeah. on then. Um, and you know, that people aren't out to get you and you know what, if you let people get to you, then you're complicit in it. You're, you're letting it happen too. remind kids that if someone gets under your skin, well, yeah, they may be annoying, but you've also allowed them to get under your skin. You've let it happen you better toughen up that skin and say, why do I care so much about what that person just said to me? Why do I care what someone posted on Twitter? I don't even know this person. 
Why do I care? What am I allowing to happen to me? I need to be tougher than that and decide, hey, you're not worth my time. That comment's not worth my time. Bad people aren't worth my time. And I don't have to lash out or be violent or aggressive. I just have to say, see ya. I got better things to do with my life. Well, Michelle, we appreciate all your experience and your knowledge and your and, and being able to share this stuff. And, and I think that the main message that that we take out of this is finding your voice. And, and you did that for so long in the broadcast world. And now you seem to be doing it uh, in a world that uh, is 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 helping other people find their voice because maybe they didn't have the courage to do that at the start. So we appreciate everything that you're doing now and, and, and taking the step to make a difference. And thanks again um, for stopping by and sharing all this stuff on our show. And before I go, just let me say to you two again, what you're doing is so important. You're influencing young people every day. That is a, a massive job. I, I, I thank you because I, I watch coaches and I think, God, that's so great. That's such a yeah. giving, generous thing to do with your life. So appreciate you both. Well, we appreciate you. And, yeah. and uh, best of luck uh, with Kendall Qualls as, as you guys uh, go along. Is there any place that uh, someone could go to find out more? Yes. KQ for MN.com. KQ like, <laughs> like the radio station. Yeah, it works well for you, huh? <laughs> KQ for MN.com. Please, uh, we, we, we need a happier future. We need a hopeful future. All right. She's one of the greatest of all time Aww. in the broadcast business. Michelle Tapoya, we thank her for coming on The Rundown. We have more on the way next. Back on The Rundown, Tori Holt, Mike Gorth, along with you, final segment of the rundown. Well, what a great segment that was with Michelle Tafoya. Yeah. It, what a wonderful lady. I mean, certainly experienced a great perspective on a lot of different things that she shared with us during that segment. Um, so much hard to digest right now, but I think the thing that sticks out for me um, was how she went into her professional career, uh, kind of taking the gender roles out of it. And, and not, like she said, not approaching it as a female in, in a man's, you know, uh, sporting world, but rather as a journalist in a professional world. Um, and I just think that's really good advice to, to everyone, you know, focus on your profession, look at yourself um, and your career and, and, you know, take away the, the outside things that could maybe derail you and just Focus on how you can be the best version of your profession as possible. And if you do that, it doesn't matter, you know, how big you are, how small you are, what color skin you have, what gender you are. You're the best professional that you can be. And that's what people are going to recognize. And that's what it's going to drive you to be happy, as she talked about. You know, happiness is is key. And if you give it all you got, um, you put everything on the table. That's all you can ask for. I like that she's just following what she believes is right and 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 trying to find more truth in things. And and I, I really admire when someone has something to lose 
when you're looking at somebody who has done so much in her life, she's covering the Super Bowl for her last last time. And mm-hmm. you're at that level in your career and you just decide, you know what? I want to make a difference here and I'm going to go make a difference doing that. I have so much respect for that. And I think that's that's what I would want my daughter to know. That's what I want the girls that I coach to know is that if you're passionate about something, you feel led to do something, don't worry about what you're leaving, but be confident in where you're going. And I think that's the biggest message that I gained from her and have the most respect for her. So it was great to have her on. I, we're honored that she would come on the rundown as uh, she has some uh, big, big things ahead of her. And, and she's had as left a, an incredible legacy along. And this goes back to like what Julie said. Remember you, what, what legacy yeah. do you leave? You know, it's what you leave in people. Yeah. You know, not what you leave for them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Michelle is like, trying to leave that legacy in people, you know, and lived, lived her life and has gone through her career with that mindset. So it's pretty cool. Well, softball has gotten off to kind of a slow start in the, in the high school level. No doubt. The the weather's just been horrendous. I saw Brenna Anderson from the TC Blitz shared something uh, the other day on on Facebook and it had uh, April, 2021. It was like, Games canceled, sorry, rain, and then April 2020, fields closed, and it was this beautifully manicured field with the sun shining. Do you remember that? Oh, it was terrible. 2020, we get it canceled, and it was the most beautiful spring. I had to get new garage doors um, because my daughter in that 2020 season, it was canceled, right? It was so nice. It was March. It was like 80 degrees every (laughs) day, and she spent hours outside firing a tennis ball at the garage door and just working on ground balls and picks and yeah, stuff. I did that. Yeah. Getting ready for the Lobos. Dude. I did. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah. And then now you square that up with this year and it's like, we can't buy a day to play. It sucks, but it's Minnesota and yeah. it's April. So some of it getting to man, we got a couple games in over at St. Croix prep. We got three in so far, two and one. Annika Burquest pitched well in her last one. 13 yeah. nothing win. That was good. I think you guys are lucky to have three games under your belt. Yeah, they were cold. A, yeah. We had one that was three and a half hours long. We went extra innings, and it was like 38 degrees out. And yeah. they didn't have porta potties, so that was awful. Like, Oh, my gosh. And I'm an old man. so And you drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, too. I drink a lot of coffee. That sucks, man. It was awful. Yeah. Um, but we did get a, a very good game in this week. Maple Grove played Centennial, two of the top teams in the state. Great game. Maple Grove comes out on top three to two. Jim Coltis had uh, won a state championship a couple of years ago at Maple Grove and was in one. And 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 now he's going to have a team that's going to compete for a title again. And Rick Thomas got to the state tournament final four last year with Centennial. Jeremy Chell, of course, with our you know with our company SNC Sports Services. Jeremy's uh, a hitting coach over there, and we talked to him a little bit about this game. Uh, he just said that that for from Centennial's perspective, that they've been Helene Craig has been pitching so well, and they're really sound defensively, but they have been struggling hitting a little bit. And Maddie Wilm throwing for Maple Grove just shut them down in that game and came away. Elizabeth Berry hit a home run in the game, and 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 were able to overtake them in that game, but but. Maddie was very good and and they just didn't hit very good. Yeah. I mean, the bright spot, I think for them was, you know, Craig helped her own cause and hit a two run home run to tie the game in the bottom of the fourth and, and, you know, get back into that contest. Uh, Maple Grove did add 
add the game winner late. I think it was in the sixth uh, to go up three, three to two. But you know, the, these are two teams that they know each other really well um, because of their competition on the field over the past year, few years. I mean, I believe Centennial last year beat Maple Grove to go to the state tournament. So um, I think they met for the last what few years maybe four years yeah so i mean it, it, the the road to the state tournament's going to go yeah. through these two teams and um you know a good first matchup and it'd be exciting to see where things go from there but anytime you have good pitching like these two squads do um you know the differences in those games becomes the little things mm-hmm. um and sometimes that is you know just simple balls in play and force the other team to play some defense you know but uh yeah exciting game i'm sure you know they would have probably liked to play it in a 70 degree day but you know yesterday get the games in when you can get them in you know i look outside and and uh hopefully we got some ball ball being played on this day because it's sunny and good so yeah this week we had uh some good performances jessa snippets from rosemount i think she through 11 scoreless innings between a six to nothing victory over Egan and a 10, nothing win against Burnsville earlier this uh, last week and this week. And and so Rosemont's after a good start Forest Lake had one, one or two games. I think they might have two games. They played Irondale and they played Cottage Grove. They won the uh, second game of the season against Cottage Grove seven to three Bethany Weiss had a triple and a home run in that game. I know Hannah Tong hit a home run against Irondale uh, in a 10 to nothing win. I think in, in that game, Chloe Barber at Wiper Lake is doing well up there and they're off to a great start. I think they're going to face or they probably at the time of this, they'll have faced force Lake, So that'll be a good game. So a lot going on in the, the fast pitch world in at some of the the high levels uh but a lot of these outstate schools aren't getting opportunities to get on the field and one of the problems that we've been having we've covered it on the last podcast with Jeremy Shibley about the umpiring with the shortage what happens is you get a nice day like we're we're recording today it's beautiful out but there's not a lot of games being played today because games were canceled and they, when they have to find a date to make them up immediately and you get a nice day like today, you can't do it because you don't have any umpires. Yeah. I mean, there there are teams that are going to be playing six games in five days. You know, people who have double headers now scheduled for Saturday, you know, on the weekend. Right. And um, you start piling in the games like that and you start condensing, you know, how many umpires you can get to a field, um, you know, speaking in my my little world, right, my daughter's team almost didn't play Prior Lake earlier this week. Uh, the game technically got postponed on Monday afternoon because they did not have an umpire set up for Tuesday. And uh, thankfully, at about noon on Tuesday, they got a they got a crew, um, and they were able to play the game. So. Hey, uh, by the way, shout out to Maddie Marvel, who we have coached, yeah, back with the Minnesota Ice. Getting a start, junior. She, I mean, there's a kid that just worked her tail off. Yeah, probably started maybe as a as a like a B kid. Worked her butt off and ended up. I think she went four for five in the game with a couple of doubles. She did. Yep, um, five RBIs. Awesome. Two doubles. She got the game winning, uh, the game winning double 
in the sixth inning after Lakeville had tied the game or gone up by one rather. And I uh, know Maddie's a great kid. I remember coaching Maddie in the dome a couple of years ago, 2020, we were down in Dundas um, and she's just gritty diving for balls. Uh, that was with the Minnesota ice. And um, she's a kid, man. It's an, she's another one of those kids that's hard to pitch the ball to um, because she's such a grinder that she will, she will put it in play. And um, she's a bat that you got to look out for because um, she's fearless and she steps in the box and she's ready to go. So love watching her have success. She did beat my daughter's team, hmm. um, but that's all right. That's how the ball bounces. Yeah, it's a way to go, Maddie. And that just proves to you no matter where you're your lot in life is no matter where you're at, you put in the hard work, uh, it's usually going to pay off. Byron uh, had a couple of wins. Maddie Cocker pitched 15 innings in three games, and she only gave up three earned runs on two hits. Uh, that was against Cass and Manorville. Uh, she no hit Random Lake, and I can't pronounce I. She shy shy acta. I don't know where is that in Minnesota. No idea, man. It was a nineteen to nothing win. I'm gonna have to to find. I don't. I've never even heard of that. Shockton, shot somewhere. <laughs> shy town. We got to do better on our geography. Yeah. Our local state well, of Minnesota geography. Maddie had 31 strikeouts in those 15 innings, and she's done a good job. She's had five hits as well, a couple of doubles and a triple and six RBI. So <laughs> good for her. I mean, they also got Macy Borowski. So if she's throwing all those innings, Macy probably isn't getting as many, but Macy's a Division One prospect as well. Maddie already signed. Um, That's fine with me because then we got a fresh Macy Browski for the summer. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's a good player. And 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 so there, Byron, like I said at the beginning, Byron's going to make a run in, look in out. 3A for Ooh, sure. Look so. out, especially if you're getting that kind of stuff out of the circle, both offensively and defensively. Well, that's kind of the, the kind of uh, some of the things that we're we're touching on so far, but but not a ton right now. With high school softball, it's gotten a little difficult because of the the weather, and hopefully we're going to see a little more action as, as we move along here in the next couple of weeks. I got to hope so. I got to hope so. Um, so we'll see how things start unfolding. Well, it was a good show. Michelle Tafoya was great on the show, and, and, and um, next week we're going to have another good one as well. But the high school softball season is well underway now. Uh, but uh, we're looking forward to more games being played in a little bit nicer weather uh, in the next coming weeks. So that'll do it for us on this week's edition of The Rundown. Next week, we're going to chat with Justice Perry, the former Auburn Tiger first baseman. She's also a Midwest Speed head coach. Christina Pickett from the Minnesota Magic will join us as well. Thanks to SNC Sports Services, Rudy's Red Eye Grill in Lakeville, and High Point Child Care in Lakeville. For our guest this week, Michelle Tafoya. He's Mike and I'm Tori. We'll see you next week on The Rundown. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.